Buenos Nachos, amigos, and welcome. For for the first time, we're recording fresh. Didn't have to do any other takes. Record breakers. I'm Peter Rave, your man with no plan. Here with me, as always, is the team. Uh, it's only been one week, but it feels like three. Uh, we have our team here. Uh, we got Patrick. Hello. We've got Drew. Squaddles. And we've got Brett. Also known as Fourth Eagle of the Apocalypse. Yes. Um, we're here to talk about music. Share it with each other like we do every week. Here to share an album for uh, with us, for us, and on us, and about us. Uh, Brett, Brett, what do you got for us this week? Album's about me. <laughs> well, okay, let's cut to the chase. Uh, we're listening to a band, Metallica. Y'all know them, y'all have opinions about them, but we're going to go back in time, um, as Huey Lewis would, uh, and uh, we're going to talk about their debut album, Kill Em All. Yes. Uh, which is funny because you can't see, but you still knew that my replacement picture for you was Hugh Lewis because it's there. <laughs> yes. Uh, we're talking about Kill 'em All, Metallica. Uh, Drew, what were your expectations uh, when you were when we were assigned this album? Well, Metallica is a band that I'm sort of familiar with. Uh, it's a band that when I sort of were introduced to what they are. The songs that I was hearing on the radio that were new by them were maybe not the best representation of what they could do. Um, Sandmen were entering rooms and such like that. We were exiting light and all that good stuff. Um, ECW wrestlers so, were pouring beer on themselves. To their music, that's right. You were being um, unforgiven the first time. Not the sequel. <laughs> Yeah. Um. So, but it was a band that I know there is much more to. Uh, they made things, the things after Master of Puppets I had heard when I first heard them, but I did go back and there was the metalheads that was like, oh, everything after Master of Puppets was trash, so you have to sort of look at the stuff that was before Master of Puppets. And I, I did that and Kill Them All, or Kill Them All is one of those albums. So I might, I might be a little familiar with the Metallicas that had Cliff Burton in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, kill them all with, yes. the, with, the, with the Metallicas. Kill them all with the Metallicas. With that band Metallica. I did totally old man that one. I uh, I Johnson's the uh, yes. the intro. Yes, old white guy. Uh Patrick. What were your expectations coming into this album? Uh, this is one of those albums I didn't have to add to my Google Music library because it was already there, so I'm familiar with it. I am uh, someone who really, really enjoys Cliff Burton era Metallica. They were, they were a better band with him. We can, we can debate the quality of the stuff without him, but they were definitely better with him. Um, and this, this album's fun because it's got little... Uh, remnants of dave mustaine's time in the band before the uh the drugs got him and uh they kicked him out <laughs> or the getting kicked out got him <laughs> well getting kicked out for being a, for being like incapable of handling his high alive. i know i mean i know he was incapable he's of handling still an his asshole. High. yeah yeah well he's just an ass you, people kick assholes out of bands every day yeah 
He was, he was an asshole that wrote most of the songs. <laughs> hey, if we're going to talk about kicking assholes out of bands, maybe they should have talked to Lars. <laughs> well, I mean, he he was the guy that formed it, so it was a little bit hard. It's like, hey, thank you for forming us in this band. Uh, hit the bricks, <laughs> Lars. I've always I've always wondered if if it must be he must hold all like the copyrights to the name, and they can't take it away from him. Yeah, because like in good the 90s, God, <laughs> in the nineties when he was making like you know the sort of an enemy of the band to like a lot of like underground fans. Like, maybe that would have been the time that the lead singer guitar player could have been like, hey, maybe this isn't cool, dog. <laughs> yeah, <What>? dog. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that is exactly how James Hetfield talks. Yeah, yeah. I, I, just, I just figure... 100%. I just figure, just figure Hetfield and Skilo hang out all the time. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a reference. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Brett. How would you describe this album musically? What would be the themes on this? I make it up. Personally, uh, th- this is this is a very affecting album uh, th- on on me, my music that I personally do, and uh, me as a as a teenager. Um, you know, me going and like there there are songs that are on this album that are on the the record, not the the album that everybody listened to. There are songs that like I spent probably most of my adult life trying to play. Um, you know, it's the reason why most of the time when I'm not, you know, uh, Huey Lewis, so I, I've got a, a JCM 800 and a Proco rat, like in, in camera shot. Like the, there's only one thing I do with those and it's, it's make the sounds off of this and a couple other albums. But you know, uh, this album is very iconic when it comes to guitar licks uh, you you hear these guitar these guitar licks were very reminiscent of a previous band that I brought Diamond Head and you can hear some of these licks mixed up and used in Megadeth songs but like you can go today to any music store and you can hear the opening riff to Jump in the Fire or you can hear the the No Remorse open you can hear you know like somebody playing three seconds of a solo from any number of these songs and getting it wrong any day of the week. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a very, very iconic, it's, it's a guitar players, you know, album to just pick apart because the songs are long. They do a lot of stuff in those songs. Um, the, uh, the pace of the songs is really driven by the drums uh, and uh, the the palm mute guitar is just an extra drum to be beat on in the rhythm of this this album. And the drums really um, are are driving. It's it's a it's it's a different kind of drums than what you would get from metal from before the early '80s. Like it's it's the the the, the your your Iron Maidens and your Judas Priests and those fellers didn't didn't you know make galloping drum beats on songs about horses even though you will find songs about horses from those <laughs> other guys um but uh you know it's uh it, it's the drums on it you know say what you will about the person behind the kit they 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 were effective um in what they do uh and uh, you, you get what you pay for um it's it's gritty um it's it's very uh um, percussive in the way of, uh, dri- of driving the the pace of the songs, and and you know for a, a guy who enjoys eight minute songs, you, you get some of those. So 
you know, it, it's 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 got a lot of that. It's a, it's a straight up head banging thrash album with without you know too much of the glitz and glamour. So, mm-hmm. uh, true. How would you describe this album musically? Well, to me, uh, Brett sort of nailed it. There's a pace to it that's it's thrash, right? And they sort of were at the forefront of this thrash movement. And you take bits of that, like the hardcore punk tenacity and speed and pace, and you add in what was happening with like British heavy metal and stuff like that. And you get the American thrash that we know and love today. But the thing that to me set Metallica and especially this album part, uh, from not only their peers, but like metal nowadays is you can get faster than this and you can slam more notes into this, but there's a certain precision that's in those early Metallica records that, gets coupled with the speed that's just fantastic um it has this feel you can hear the separation in the notes none of it gets muddy none of it gets muddled together none of it gets like sort of that sound where like you start to hear notes you start or you start to miss notes you start to hear flubs where the pick is missing and stuff like that it's this to me is like that what thrash should be you hear every every single hit and that to me is great yeah lars's drumming is uh, maybe not so great um but it's like brett said effective it keeps that pace rolling it keeps everything moving and that's what early metallica was so great at and i think they got away from in the 90s and let's not even bring up saint anger but like kill them all put all that like on the forefront um not only that but like yeah this is kirk hammett like the parts of the solos were definitely still dave mustaine written let's not kid ourselves but like let's also not belittle kirk hammett like kirk hammett's pretty great um yeah dog yeah dog (laughs) kirk hammett was Was kirk hammett was kirk hammett was a a bro since exodus man like for for shizzle um although i bet he wishes he was a little bit taller um <laughs> call back wow call back, call back to skilo again um <laughs> but, okay but on top of that like you have cliff burton and cliff burton was a great bass player that we lost too early way too early and yeah jason Newstep was not right basis, but this album just Cliff Burton's bass playing on it was fantastic. Um, but to me, Metallica is defined by Hetfield, like always has been, always will be. The guitar playing is always great. The tenacity and the speed was always great in the first like those early '80s records. But James Hetfield had this way of being angry. Being evil, madly in anger with you. Sorry, he he was the saint of anger. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. callbacks. Um, no, but he had he had that sound, but it wasn't like he was trying to like 
bring Satan out in music or something like that. No, it was just like that growl and that gravel in his voice just had that tone that was so cool, but it still had good vocal control. Like he wasn't going off the rails and doing something stupid. Like it, it had good vocal tonality and control. Yeah. Like maybe they fell off. Yeah. Maybe death never tried and is way too late, but Kill them all in metal is something special because you can hear like, oh, okay, like this can be sort of like something that parts of it, like not every band's going to try to ape this album or ape, uh, I keep mentioning it, but Master of Puppets, they're not going to try to keep, they're not going to exactly try to copy that. But there are parts in this album that you can definitely hear that like have become like, Oh no, a lot of guitar players are going to try to play like Kirk Hammett did on this record. Or, oh, a lot of metal singers are going to try to uh, sing like Hetfield did. Or, oh, a lot of drummers are going to succeed at being about as good as Lars Ulrich. Like, you can hear it, like, and it happens. So, yeah. there's there's something there. And yeah. that's, that's what Kill 'em All did, was like, it put out pieces that together sounded great, but could also be something going forward for other metal bands to go like, Oh, this shit's cool dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and to, to, to kind of uh, put a little context in the kind of the mentality going into this record of what they want to do. Uh, one of the original names uh, or the ones that they proposed, they wanted to call it was a uh, metal up your ass. <laughs> There's still like old live uh, shots of them. Like, of James Hetfield, like, yelling metal up your ass in the crowds. Like, yes. it's really super surreal. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, what were the themes elements that caught your attention on this so, so on this podcast, we had talked about the aforementioned Diamond Head, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, all the quote-unquote new wave of British heavy metal that came sort of in the mid to late 70s, uh, which is kind of the thing that was in metal before this happened. So. Spinal Tap, yeah. <laughs> you you hear little still, tiny speckles of the leftovers of that sound, and then you get what became thrash metal. Like, this is, you know, it, it is not the first thrash record, but it's a lot of people's first thrash record. Uh, and I'm, I'm a person who enjoys a lot of thrash metal. Uh, I'll get my... my we, we, we've made enough large jokes that I almost I almost feel... Like, I don't even need to, because uh, he is the sloppiest metal drummer, and it's a shame, because the rest of the band is not. Um, I'm going to say good things about James Hetfield, which I didn't realize I was going to say. Uh, James Hetfield plays the meanest palm mutes in metal. Like they're that, like Brett said, they're, they're very percussive. They're almost... Lar, uh, James Hetfield playing palm mutes is a better drummer than Lars Ulrich. Um there's a there's there's you know Kirk Hammett it, for everyone who wants to knock him for abusing a wah pedal, uh, he can play. Two, he does a th- two wah pedals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but three the, on the, a Sunday. Yeah, but but the guy can't. The guy can play the meatly me's and the and the beetly bees. Like he he is a capable guitar player. You can question his taste and what he does in solos, but but technically he is sound. Um, and this, this is not the best thing Metallica ever did for me. And, and I understand like, that's, you know, 
I, I'm well, a big Cliff Burton fan. I might be wrong. I'm usually wrong. I, I feel like like the two albums that followed this are both better, but this is still really good because you you got Cliff Burton finding like basically showing the world that uh, that a bass player could matter matter in metal, which really I don't think had been the case before that, other than maybe Steve Harris and Iron Maiden, but it was more that he was a songwriter than him playing bitchin' solos. Uh, it's, it's very, uh, it's very first album in that, um, it's not all their best stuff that they, in terms of what they did, but it has this sort of rawness and energy that you only get in a first album, especially from this being a band who kind of became by the nineties, the poster childs for selling out. This is them. This is the reason you can complain about them selling out. It's because they made this record in spite of everything. And it actually ended up being good and ultimately led to success. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. There's, there's if I was lot. them, I would do the exact same thing, though. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> if I was making Metallica money, oh, you guys could fuck right the hell off. Like, that's <laughs> not the goddamn money. Like, yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah. If only there was a ska band that made an entire album about that exact thing. Yeah. Or at least a song. Yeah, or at least a song, you know. Talk about, you know, maybe around the time where they, they commented on that. We'll see. We'll see if we can dig something up. Uh, I'm not bringing it. I'm talking about Led Zeppelin cover bands next album. <laughs> uh, Les Zeppelin, the all-female Led Zeppelin? Yeah. Well, I said Led like, Zeppelin. I'm uh, not drunk. Uh, he's just, you know... Uh, I didn't have myself a beer. <laughs> uh, you're not you're not meat drunk. We're not you, you haven't passed out on the corner. You're not hopped up on IBC right now, on the bubbles, all the bubbles from from your sodas. Um, uh, fucking ridiculous. We're off the rails today. All right, let's, let's get. Let's, Maybe let's I shouldn't get. have given another softball because we're just gonna stay off the rails. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. Who cares? Uh that's what makes this fun. Award-winning podcast, nearly award-nominated podcast. Yes, uh, Brett. Let's talk about some key tracks. What would be some of the key tracks to zero in on on this album? Well, I mean, there aren't a whole lot of tracks on this album, so I'll 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 pick a couple here for us. Um, I I always have dug Four Horsemen. Um, I like the way that the bass drum sort of gallops along. I like the palm muted guitars. I like the licks. Um, it's one of those songs that I have in my head, note for note, and I probably always will. I don't ever have to hear this song played again. I've got it in my head. Um, <laughs> like, uh, but unlike uh, the other songs on that I'm going to bring up, I never really tried to play any of this song because it's sort of a it's 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 not really my my it's not a fun song as a guitar player to me like jump in the fire that is that is a song that is the uh, probably the reason i i play on a marshall jcm 800 um and have a, an old proco rat um on my pedal board it's 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 something that i learned a lot about playing music by trying to play that song um and and it's it's one of the most iconic uh, opens to a to a song, um, almost as iconic as the open to uh, uh, "No Remorse," um, but uh, the it's it's so 
Uh, no Remorse is a song that is so iconic that its main groove was lifted and put into the soundtrack of Doom, the video game. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, you know, it, there, there's nothing quite like being immortalized in, like, really shitty sound quality um, and just pitched a little differently. But, um, you know, I, they, they, No Remorse is, is one of the songs that I'm like, okay, listen to this song and a couple other songs, and then go listen to Diamond Heads, Sucking My Love, uh, and uh, and be like, mm, I, I can tell what those kids were listening to back in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they, were, they were pretty big Diamond Head fans. You can tell because they... They pretty much made a Diamond Head album, yeah. but uh, you know I, I I enjoy those three songs. There's other th- there's other things I could pick apart on this album, um, but uh, you know those are those are three that if uh, if you get a taste of that, you'll get a taste of a little bit of everything they've got. Yeah. Um, Drew, what would be some of the key tracks for you? Well, let's start out with "Hit the Lights." Look, got it. Cool message received. Lights hit headbanging if metallica if i went to see metallica if i paid for a metallica ticket and they did not come out to this if they look i know they're a different band now and the songs they're putting out now are different i don't give a shit if they didn't come out like 80s as fuck in leather jackets playing this song i'd want at least part of my money back like this song is the opening song um motor breath uh let's do that like this is sort of the template, right? Um, and then Seek and Destroy. Um, or I'm sorry, Motor Breath, let me elaborate. Um, Motor Breath is the thrash template to me. Um, and the solo was great. It's quick, like, it's a short one, blink and you'll miss it sort of solo. Um, but it's just so well done. But then Seek and Destroy, like, is weird for me. Um, the first three minutes of that song, if I were to pick a low point in the record, I think the first three minutes of Seek and Destroy are the low point to this record. Um, the rest, absolutely solid. Um, fair, but like you got, you got to, you got to earn that last bit of Seek and Destroy. <laughs> yeah. See, Seek and Destroy, Seek and Destroy, the last bit of it was good, but the first three minutes was just like, meh. Uh, like is this going anywhere and then like it did go somewhere and i'm like oh okay like, it went to a dave mustaine guitar solo <laughs> yeah <laughs> dave mustaine was an asshole but he could write a solo <laughs> and he would put those solos in the many many megadeth albums sometimes i think twice <laughs> look i didn't say he could write many different solos i said he could write good ones <laughs> That man also did a lot of drugs. Let's be fair. Hey, you know, I, I we do the Dave Mustaine thing. If you if you enjoy like Dave Mustaine, like got Paul like a palsy from sleeping weird and had to relearn how to play the guitar and like from scratch. But you know, the the good thing about Dave Mustaine is he wrote all a lot of the stuff on this album. There is way more of the stuff that's on this album that's Dave Mustaine. He just go go on over to the Megadeth side of the. The aisle. It's even in the M section at your local UCD shop. So yeah, you don't have to go far. Yeah, maybe yeah, like a couple go, of rows of albums. Maybe not even rows. Just go up like the column. <laughs> Somebody will have put Megadeth in the Metallica part, just yeah. because. Just because. You know, it's like you go from M E T to M E G. Just kind of go back. It's probably pretty close. Uh, 
Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Off the rails. Off the rails. Uh, oh, I wonder if that's going to happen again. Yes. Uh, Patrick, what would be some of the key tracks for you? So I, I made fun of Lars uh, mostly for the intro to Hit the Lights, which is the sloppiest like double bass work ever on an album like i get it ain't easy to do live but you're in a fucking studio do it right um especially when at this same time you know four hours south going to town you had you had uh (laughs) dave lombardo with slayer being a fucking metronome who could play faster and better that is the problem with lars lark is that dave lombardo existed at exactly the same moment um and did everything better but I get what Drew's saying. Like this is super night early nineteen eighties metal, and it it requires leather jackets, and it is a good opener minus the horrible double bass work that is like it sounds like me playing double bass drums, and I'm terrible at it. Uh, the Four Horsemen. That is a killer fucking guitar riff, which is probably because Dave Mustaine wrote it. Um, and and like I said, uh, sort of at the beginning, James Hetfield's like palm muted riffs are are under uh, like I was part of that whole we hate Metallica because of Napster era because I was that age and downloaded a lot of Metallica via Napster and felt uh, felt angered by that because I was young and stupid. Yeah. Uh, but like, it took us a long time to realize. Oh yeah, they were they were kind of right. They, 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 they went out they went about it the wrong way but they weren't entirely wrong they also fought against selling music on the internet for a long time until they finally realized oh oh this is this is how you make money now um but it's it's the four horsemen's really good the kirk hammett solo is really good and he doesn't abuse a wah pedal in it and and i think that makes it better it's probably because it's like you know probably half written by by uh david stain but hey it's a really really cool song there's a really good uh if you want to know like the like how to connect this to new wave of british heavy metal the solo has this double bit which is very much like what iron maiden would do where you have you know two guys playing some sort of slightly harmonized version of the same lick or solo bit it's cool i like it it's very of its era but it's it's good uh i actually like all of seek and destroy because it is it, it is the most new wave of British heavy metal song on the record, but you get like, like it is, it is the missing link between those two sounds. Uh, it's very much the connection. And then the elephant in the room for me being someone who loves Cliff Burton, anesthesia, pulling teeth, the bass solo. Uh, this is one of my favorite things ever recorded period. Uh, like I like Cliff Burton was put on this earth for five minutes to play the most like amazing metal metal bass and set the template for everyone who would follow him. Uh, and I don't hate Jason Newstead. He's a great bass player. And Rob Trujillo is actually kind of a great bass player, but neither of them are Cliff Burton. They, 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 neither of them would be the bass player. They are without I, Burton. Just, I'm, I'm sure wonder. Jason Newstead was reminded he's not Cliff Burton. And I, and I feel bad <laughs> for how they treated Jason Newstead. He's an excellent bass player. Here, here's here's but. my wonder is it like and Cliff Burton's great I'm not taking away from Cliff Burton but if the time that Jason spent with the band or the time that um, 
a new guy. I can never remember his name. Robert, Robert Trujillo. Trujillo. Yeah. Trujillo. Yeah. If the time that they've spent with the band. If it was in a time when the band was playing good music mostly, I wonder oh, we, if that would them. change. Yeah. They would change so, the perception. So I think, from, I think... from a technical perspective, Jason's a great bass player, but he can never rip solos the way Cliff could. Rob Trujillo is technically a much more accomplished bass player than Cliff ever was. And and that's in But he part has because... the shitty Metallica. Yeah. But he has he has he is the shitty band around him. But like he he was in Ozzy's band for a long time. He's played in fifty other bands. Like he's an incredible player. Uh, but he, he can't get. You have to think like when when, when prior to this, when was the last like when in in relatively mainstream rock music did you have an entire track dedicated to a bass solo outside of a prog rock record? Oh, there was drums in that. Uh, yeah, but like most of it is just a bass solo. Yeah. But they then, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not. I've got another. I spent money getting a Morley Power Wall for for yeah. just because of that uh, that song. Yeah, like, yeah. I have this, this stupid thing I'll never use on yeah. a bass, yeah. and I don't even play bass uh, guitar. A, the the Bootsy Collins Fuzzwa actually does a decent job of it, uh, surprisingly enough, because it has mm. it, it. It you get a convincing sound, but. Uh, that the fact that that existed, I like how many bass players lives were changed when they heard that in the way that like not that long before it, people people like like Jaco Pastores changed the way everyone thought about electric bass because he played it in this very virtuosist, you know, jazz sort of sense that no one had done before and started playing more melodies on the bass than just bass lines. And this to me is that happening in metal is Cliff saying, yes, we've got this guy in the band named Kirk who can play guitar solos, but everything he can do on a guitar, I can pretty much do on a bass. Mm-hmm. And, and that to me, like it, it has always resonated with me. I definitely bought a bass overdrive pedal back in the Dizay because I wanted to make this sound. I wasn't good, but that's why I wanted a, you know, some sort of distortion pedal for a bass is to sound like Clipper. Yeah. Uh, I and will... you can hear this that the first five seconds of this song at a music store near you. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, it's someday <laughs> I will. Someday I will yeah. sit down and learn anesthesia. Yeah. Someday. Um. Yes. Yeah, so, so a little bit of context. I, I will. I will, uh, I will say on uh, Metal Militia is another great track. Uh, and I want to point out that uh, when I was doing TV uh tv production class in high school uh i got to do my own little like music video show uh and <laughs> and i did uh set the opening like sequence to uh metal militia <laughs> uh and it was it was it was fun uh but yeah let's br- go back around the horn to get some f- conclusive thoughts uh drew what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album um, it's Metallica. Like, what's the conclusive thought to have? Like, this is this is from the era when Metallica like made them. Metallica is legendary in metal. Like, there isn't a metalhead, in my opinion, that is worth their salt that doesn't love a few Metallica songs. At least have them on regular play, and that is because of the early Metallica era. This is, I believe, brought brought this on because it's his favorite, and it's worth it. Like 
this is the album. Like, if you're going to listen to one album by a legendary metal band, let it be this one. Um, like, kill them all, let's kill them all. It's, you get the hints of what Dave Mustaine could have brought to the band if his head wasn't up his ass. You get the greatness that is Cliff Burton. You get sort of a raw take on it. This was, they made this record while sleeping on couches and bumming it in Anthrax's practice space and just barely getting by because they were like, if we make this record, maybe we can do something and eat the next day. And this record is the record that cemented them in the metal scene as something that is important. Yeah, Death, like, Death Magnetic just came... My friend put it best. He's a big Metallica fan. And he grew up listening to classic Metallica, and that's what he loves. To this day, you kind of know that the Metallica record's not going to be fantastic, and it's going to be lackluster, or it's going to be terrible like St. Anger was. Um, but it's still a Metallica record, so you still kind of have to know, and you still have to listen, because they're Metallica. Like... It's still there. It's still a thing that you're going to listen to because it's like, okay, maybe this is the time. Maybe it's like candy. Corn. Yeah. Um, it's, it's that thing, right? It's, they have gotten respect because of the early stuff. And if you haven't went back, if what you know is enter Sandman and Saint anger. And if you're given fuel, given fire, don't desire that. Please Give me go, da-ba-da. Go, uh-huh. go, go back. And listen to the, the especially like it's kill them all, man. Like yeah. this record is a classic, like all time top heavy metal record for a reason. Yeah. yeah, it's a little rough around the edges, and you know what? That makes it even greater. Yeah, it's just fantastic. I, I will say I, I I do enjoy Death Magnetic as long as the it's the Guitar Hero three version. <laughs> as long as it's the Guitar Hero three version and not the brick walled release version. <laughs> Uh, but yeah uh, Patrick what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album Um, I, I say the first three Metallica records this included are some of the greatest metal ever made uh, there, there is a reason why, why Metallica gets to still make money and still sells out shows despite the fact they really haven't had a good record in at bare minimum 20 years probably much longer uh, depending on, on who you are you can you can coast off the first three records for a good long time. Uh, this this like I said, Anesthesia is one of my favorite things ever recorded, and you should listen to the album for that alone uh, because y- you need to educate yourself in the world that is Cliff Burton. And this is good. It's fun. I was I was really happy to go back and listen to it because it's been a it's been a while. I I when I want to listen to Metallic, I listen to Ride the Lightning or Master of Puppets. That is my go to. But like, it's been a while since I've listened to this, and it's still really good. Um, and you should listen to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I will say that I, I, I enjoy a little bit more than the first three albums from Metallica. Uh, but I just, you know, I guess I, I, I like, <laughs> I just like more things in general. So that's probably just, uh, this, the, the curve that, uh, that I grade on. Uh, but, but I assume Petey, you're not madly in anger with anyone. No, no. But I do like Death Magnetic. I think I still think that's a good record. I thought Death Magnetic was the least bad thing they had done in a very long time. I um, haven't given it's it not a fair without shake, its merits. To be honest, I like, I, I, it I, I it's definitely worth to listening to the Guitar Hero three 
unbrick walled version of it uh with actual you know dynamics yeah it's not <laughs> to all hell yeah uh it's, it's, it's worth checking out yeah uh but yeah uh well that's mainly my thoughts this is a this is a great record uh this is you know great to come back to and uh, I, I wasn't there i was oh yeah i wasn't there when this came out but it's always those things where it's nope. like i've gone back to it <laughs> Uh, and uh, read, you know, discovered it from you know knowing Metallica later, like many other, like many of us. And this is a fun record to listen to, uh, especially front to back. Uh, Brett, what will be your conclusive thoughts on this album? Uh, well, you know, I I don't bring garbage, not at all. Uh, I, I bring... Garbage isn't that bad. You but, can bring okay. garbage. I, I was I was waiting for it, but Bill Meeks did. No, he took care of that for us. What trying to say is he doesn't bring glass jaw. <laughs> well, I, when I bring albums, I bring albums that are important to me. It's becoming increasingly hard to to, to find things that that have as much meaning uh, in, in musically to the to my musical past as this album. This album's important to me. I don't really care what it means to anybody else in the world, but this is a great album. Um, you know, and I'm sure many people enjoy. It. I, I I bet there's this a long haired you know t-shirt tucked into his jorts with his with his <laughs> shoes with the with the finger toes uh that's gonna dig Vibram. this yes the vibram soul uh shoes in in north texas but you know I, I i imagine you can find something to love no matter what you're into because it's 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 musical skill um it doesn't have to be polished i mean i bring a lot of things that are pretty unpolished to begin with but i bring things that are done with skill um, and this is this is a show of skill. Um, you know, th- these were a bunch of kids making this album. You know, um, we we all of us who are in this this show are much older than than the guys were when they were recording this. Uh, and thinking of what I was doing when I was the age that they were, you know, they they, they did pretty well. Mm-hmm. So all in all, go go out and listen. You don't have to like it because it's still going to be around whether you do or not. But uh, you know, it's 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 worth listening to. Mm-hmm. Uh, say what you want about saying anger it's no Lulu because <laughs> uh, god damn that was terrible uh, yeah it's the whole Lou Reed Metallica album oh god uh, yeah those are our thoughts on kill them all Metallica yeah, the very beginning word up dog word to your mother uh now we go to the main event of the main event of the evening we get to our high crew reviews uh i'll start with a regular initiative order drew drew what is your haiku a metal mainstay as their studio debut for sure worth the time mm-hmm. uh patrick what is your haiku thrash metal's first strike very strong debut effort. Long live Cliff Burton. Mm-hmm. Uh, my haiku. Beginnings of a band with many ups and downs. Still good to look back. Uh, and Brett, what is your haiku? It's a well-known band. Guys, everyone around here know. Just a lot younger. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Uh, and those are our thoughts. Yep. Those are our thoughts on Metallica's Kill 'Em All. Uh, you can, of course, find it on our Spotify playlist. Play Record Breakers the Home Game. Uh, listen along at home and, you know, form your, your homework and form your opinion. On that Spotify playlist will be next week's record. Uh, and that will be provided by Drew. Drew, what do you got for us next week? Well, I, I, I said it's a Led Zeppelin cover band. Um, it's a band called the Fisher King. Um, what, no, no. Um, Joe, a callback that nobody's going to get, but like the no rude boys that listen to this podcast and realize, <laughs> damn it. Um, no, we're, we're bringing up. in something that, as, as a ska fan, I, I consider this one of those softballs. It's a band that everyone in the ska scene sort of knows, for better or worse. Um, and the album that sort of got them big, this is Real Big Fish with Turn the, or the next album will be uh, Real Big Fish's Turn the Radio Off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everyone's doing the fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not, not so bad being trendy. Yeah, everyone who looks like he is my friend. Uh, <laughs> it's Here good. we go. <laughs> Just fasten your seatbelts, everyone, next week. It's going to be one of those episodes. God. Yeah, next week. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're suspiciously, suspiciously, next week, we'll be, I'll be here. Uh, even though I'll every, still be in Indiana, <laughs> yeah. Well, even though part. on my social networks, it, it's it's gonna seem like I'm in Korea. Crazy. Ah, uh, for weird. Uh, I, I will probably still be Huey Lewis. <laughs> yes, <laughs> unless you're Gabe Newell. Hey, to the I ten mean, people who listen to the ten people who listen to us. By the way, we sometimes put these in the can. Yes. Oh. Oh. All right. So. That's next week. This is this week. I'm not going to be able to record next week. <laughs> right. uh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, of course, you can find us all over the internet. Patrick is at the Swagger. Britt is at Hibbity Bibbert, H I B B I T Y B I B B A R D. Drew is at X Drusifer X. I'm at PD Rave. Uh, follow me for, for fun Korea times. Uh, uh, I'm going to be all over the place eating noodles and, and uh, singing at Norebangs and like doing lots of crazy stuff uh the show is record the number the, the show is for record breakers that's the number four record breakers record breakers podcast.com record breakers podcast at gmail.com if you want to email us rebelli.net for this and other shows rebelli tv on youtube on twitch on all the places do the things until next time hasta los huevos hello
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>